0: Did you have a Berlin parenting moment that stuck out to you this week?
1: You know... I had a first parenting moment for myself this week. For the first ever time I went to my son's basketball game, I became a sport mom. Wow. <laughs> At nine years old. He's had a bunch of games already yeah. and I haven't been there and I don't have any guilt about it. And I feel like in the U.S. that would be something that you can't just not go to your kids' sport games, right? Well, I feel like if you're in the suburbs, there's not a whole lot else going on. And so That's you probably what it orient your life around it. You know, we have this chat group among the parents, and the parents just write to each other, hey, can someone take my kid with and drop him off? And other people are like, yeah, sure. We don't even know each other. We know what we look like, but it's just a totally different experience than what I was expecting. It was really funny to see the basketball game. It was a lot better than I expected to. <laughs> I thought, okay, now I'm just going to watch kids, you know, fall after a ball that's that keeps escaping their hands. But they had total control over it. Some kids, the way they ran across the court with the ball, I was really impressed. And then it changed also my um, impression of this idea of soccer moms in the U.S. And I could see myself in that role in a different life (laughs) (laughs) or a different country. Yeah,
0: I mean, I I have definitely had a talking to from coaches here saying, really, you don't Get involved. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, it the whole stepping back and,
1: and deciding, okay, I'm not the parent in charge here, somebody else is in charge. I think that's also a very big cultural difference, which we'll get into more in our episode today about who's in charge of kids and what times, and when do you need to step back and let either the, the community take over or the structures in place take over, or let them let- be in charge of themselves. I'm Lindsay. I'm from the United States. We'll do introductions first. I'm Lindsay. I'm from the United States from a Midwest uh, from a Midwest suburb. I stumble over that every time. I don't know. maybe I haven't really integrated it into my personality. And confused myself, like where do I come from and how do I fit in?
0: You live in a gray area. You I do, li-
1: yeah. <laughs> I we live- both do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where are you from?
0: <laughs> I am Michelle Stockman, and I am from Western New York. It is. See, you
1: always enunciate that. Like you can get through it. That's yeah. Okay. I've had a
0: lot of practice because whenever I say New York, <laughs> people automatically think, "Ooh, New York City!" You're yeah. a big city gal, and that's not uh, the case. Yeah. I grew up in the suburbs hollywood dream of you know going to the mall on the weekends soccer fields all the time subdivision my running life, around.
1: yeah yep, that was my life too. <laughs> now we're here together in berlin we have collectively about two decades of kid raising experience here in berlin here in berlin
0: urban gals now yeah look at that from their the suburbs in the big city
1: we need a theme song <laughs> So our topic today, can my kid be on a playground alone? I want to start off with a really big WTF moment that I had when Nat was already five years old, I went to pick him up at a friend's house that he was playing at. And the kids like to do this thing when you pick them up that they hide. He yeah. loves to
0: hide because he doesn't want to leave. Yeah. It's a good sign. You yeah, know it's having a- fun.
1: Yeah, but that's kind of like the standard for picking kids up. They're hiding somewhere. And so I go to pick him up and the dad says, oh, they're not here. And I say, ah, ha, ha. And then walk into the apartment and he says, no, no, they're really not here. And I say, okay, Nat, come on out. And he says, no, they they went to play at the playground. And I said, OK. And he said, yeah, I'm surprised they're not back by now. They've been there for an hour.
0: And how far away was this
1: playground? It was, a, it was just across the street. OK. But still, it was across a street. And they were five. Like, I had a, a slight panic moment because... Even if you're going to do that, you you talk to the parents first, right, about is this OK that your kid is unsupervised on the playground? And I went very quickly across the street and I saw that it was also overwhelming for Nat because as soon as he saw me, he just he just he didn't start crying, but he had this like welled up anger and tears that were very close to the surface. And he immediately started yelling at me, which I could tell that was a very clear sign that this was, that it was too much for him to be alone there. Um, and what I thought was interesting was the culture allows for this so much, the kids are on their own, that I don't have the framework of then being able to say to the dad, hey, that was inappropriate, because it wasn't inappropriate. To him. And to the culture, like to Germany, you know, I, I said to other people like, oh, I can't believe it. And their reaction was just like, oh, hmm, yeah, kids are ready at different ages for that.
0: I, I mean, I'm listening to you now and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, it's across the street. He knew where they were. I think because he was okay. Now it's kind of like, oh, no big deal. But if something had happened, yeah. that definitely would be concerning. Like, why didn't you ask me? You think about your kid going over to another place. And I've had conversations about how much screen time is allowed or uh, okay. what games can they yeah. play, which seems to be a normal course of...
1: In the this expat community, allowed. yeah, I've never. Ha- I mean, we talk a little bit about what they did and what they didn't do, but basically, it's understood here more when your kid is at somebody else's house; it's under their jurisdiction to decide what happens. And I think that goes back to the the story about the soccer coach then too, right. who was like, "Hey, this is my this is my jurisdiction here. You don't have really so much to say." Right. And I think it's interesting how quickly it's expected that parents give up their responsibility for the kids. And in the US, I saw a lot more of don't talk to my kid like that or expectations about how you can interact with my kid. Have you ever been on a
0: playground where a kid's alone? They're in distress and you can tell an adult
1: isn't around. Do
0: you see the community stepping in?
1: Edgar recently skinned his nose on a sidewalk and I was far enough back that I couldn't immediately pick him up. A a guy just walking by just stopped, picked him up and back up on his feet. I think in the U.S., like, you're not just going to touch a strange child, especially when you don't have any children with you yourself.
0: I don't know. I, I definitely see people, if they see a kid in distress and they don't immediately see the adult right there and they can tell the kid's crying – I've definitely witnessed people coming up and say, hey, are you okay? Where's
1: your mom or dad? Yeah. I've seen that. But, but not touching immediately. Like this went straight to touch and, and it was clear that I was there. I, I got there within 10 seconds. I mean, what do you think? there? There's an
0: expectation at what age can kids kind of go to the playground by themselves here? What's the community you know, standard?
1: I actually Googled that. Okay, so, you know, when you have really young kids, I'm so glad we're out of this age now that my kids are seven and nine, but when they were two and zero or three and one, and you realize while you're making dinner that you need oil. Oh, God, now the next hour is going to be getting oil. Etica, the supermarket, is really a three-minute walk from here. When can I let my little kids stay here by themselves while I just run out? Like, when can I legally do that? And so that was where my Google search came in. And it's funny because I Googled this in English, and I Googled it in German, and the difference of what I saw was so huge what? that in English it said, kids under the age of seven should not be home ever by themselves. They should have no unsupervised time. It wasn't even about home. It was like there should be no unsupervised time. In the German one, it said starting at four. If you trust your kids, you can leave them home for 15 minutes. And I was like, awesome, super. I am going to get oil and leave my four-year-old at home. My two-year-old, of course, had to come with me. Well, to break up
0: what they're doing in terms of their play, maybe they're really into a game, you got to break them out of it, get them all dressed up in their snow gear and their shoes, get them down yeah. the stairs. Get yeah, them it's a project. It's like be.
1: literally a project. Like if I want to start something that big now that my kids are older, that's like... On the scale of like, hey, I think I'm going to saw off like half of this table because it's bigger than I need. That's the scale of project of getting your kids to buying oil when they're young. (laughs) It's like I can redesign a table now in that time. In the amount of time. In the amount of time. (laughs) So why do you think
0: that the law in Germany is focused on a parent's judgment rather than a strict this is the law?
1: There are very few states in the U.S. that actually have a law. Banning you. When I did this Google search, there were a lot of articles that I found. Like I, I really deep dove into this, and I started reading about all sorts of parents who got arrested for letting their kids take public transportation by themselves after really building them up to this, like really You're in teaching Germany them. Germany or the states? No, 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 states? in the United States. Yeah, um, yeah. It was a series of articles uh, that I, you know, got into reading about about parents in the United States who got into trouble for letting their kids do things that are just totally normal here, like riding public transportation by themselves or being on a playground by themselves or walking to the supermarket with a, their little sibling by themselves, like all these things where the parents ended up having problems with the police.
0: I think if we talk about a uh, wtf moment for
1: me. Yeah, what was one of your early ones?
0: Yeah, it was the understanding that kids as young as six, I believe, is when they usually start first grade. If they don't live in the neighborhood, they, they are encouraged to take public transportation yeah. and make their way to school by themselves. Yeah. And I was pretty surprised with that because this is a big city. You don't know everybody that's going to be on the public transportation around yeah. your kid. It's not a closed loop. Like if you drop them off in a car, you know they're there, whatever. Or Here, school
1: bus. Yeah, a
0: school bus. It's a closed loop. But, there are no school buses. But Berlin has an amazing public transportation system. I think that would take a lot of trust for me to allow that to happen Because I've had worse experiences, say, in the New York City subway system than I've had on public transportation here in Berlin. But I've definitely had some moments where I didn't feel safe based on the characters that were there, whether it was mental health issues or just being a mean person. I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing that with my son at that age because I wasn't sure he could navigate those situations in a different language at that point.
1: The first parent teacher night in first grade, that was one of the topics. If your kids take public transportation alone, let us know so that we can have an eye on, like, just have an extra eye out for, okay, these kids safely landed because they had a longer way by themselves. And there were kids that were that had up to 20 minute ways um, to the school just by themselves. And then the original teacher had to leave and we had a new teacher come in and this new teacher was saying, oh, I have no time to pay attention to to if the kids are here in the morning or not. If they're not here, I just assume that they have an excused absence. And I was the only one then that said, some of the kids are coming alone. This is something that really there should be an eye out for. It's a safety issue. And other parents were kind of looking at me like, eh. I mean, some people agreed, but others were like, ah, that's going a little bit too far. Come on, it's fine.
0: As I'm sitting here listening to myself and to you, do you think we're projecting our own fears of not necessarily understanding the culture on on this this cultural norm?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely the case. And I think they would have the exact same... Um, experience in the United States, you know, with trying to say, oh, come on, it's fine, and getting a ton of pushback. But I think the pushback that they would, that a German would have in the United States, would be a lot more dramatic and emotion filled because they would be in a room of people seeing their actions as unsafe, who then, in their own panic driven emotions, would make it an uncomfortable situation. And that's what I was trying to get at a little bit with them um, when I went to pick up Nat from his friend's house and he was outside. that if this had happened in the United States and I talked to other mothers about it, there would be a much different reaction. You know, I would I would then feel validated and getting upset about it. And then it would have a different trajectory. But the way it was, I talked to people, they're like, oh yeah. And I think in the United States it would be in some states it even is illegal.
0: I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think absolutely there would be a much more emotional response. Like what kind of risks are you exposing my child to? Why didn't you check with me? I I completely agree with
1: that. But everything was just, it just kind of fizzles out. And I noticed that like with self-reflection a little bit too, Hmm, would I have also reacted in a more heightened way if I was validated in this heightened reaction by the community? And that's then a question of like, how authentic are we actually being with our outrage when something happens? with our kids? And how much are we allowing ourselves to be pushed along or influenced by the drama and emotion that we're allowed in the framework of where we are.
0: I think there's a lot of questioning moments when it comes to parenting here, because you are going to modify your behavior based on the feedback that you're getting. Of course, like, oh, am I wrong? Because you don't know the culture. Mm -hmm. And maybe in the case of your son, you definitely had some validation in that. Maybe he he wasn't quite ready for it. I mean, nothing happened. Thank God. Fears are going to be kind of met with a bit Mm -hmm. of a stone wall another WTF moment that I'm thinking of when I first got here is the traffic rules here in Berlin and the cultural expectations about even crossing the street. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. And what what specifically?
0: So I came from big cities like New York. Um, I also lived in South Asia, like Islamabad and Karachi, where traffic rules are kind of like, if you're crossing the street, you just got to make your way across. and You
1: look for empty spaces. You look for empty spaces. And not for green lights. Right,
0: And even in New York City, you don't necessarily wait for the light to change. And if there's nobody coming, use your common sense and you
1: cross the street. Even if there is someone coming, if you can bolt and make it, (laughs) go for
0: it. Fastest or biggest wins. (laughs) But here in Berlin, it is very clear that even if the street is deserted, There's no one coming from either direction, and you have a red light in front of you on the crosswalk. You do not cross. You wait until that turns green. Yeah, And it is comforting as a parent to know that my son has been raised in the city to know, okay, I do not cross until the light changes. At the same time, does that take away from his common sense? Is he really looking both ways? But Mm. in general... In this hedonistic city where <laughs> anything goes, if you cross when it is red, it, it, you can get a ticket, people stare at you, it is just frowned upon.
1: <laughs> when I'm on my bike and the street is deserted, I will I will not pay attention to if the light is red or green. And then other bike riders who are waiting shout at me things like, I hope you have an organ donor pass. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, and good thing you're wearing a helmet the way you ride your bike. Like <laughs> There are literally no cars. There are no cars. But
0: there is a cultural expectation that the traffic rules in place keep yeah. you safe if you follow them. They're, they're meant to be followed because they keep people safe.
1: I think it's also a little bit of, it goes with the history of, hey, we don't make the rules, but we all need to follow them. and. It's too dangerous if everybody's using their own common sense to look into things, which got Germany into a bit of a problem in the past. It's part of this mentality that we don't use our common sense for rules.
0: That is a lightning rod. That's a third rail issue <laughs> <laughs> that we will definitely get into in another podcast. Like but I want to know talk
1: about, yeah.
0: It's w- about Germany's history for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I want to know about like more recent moments that you've had. Like now, do you feel like you're a little bit more acclimated to what the expectations are like? Or are there things that recently have also stood out to you in in terms of leaving kids alone or letting kids do things by themselves?
0: You know, I feel like we live in a very safe neighborhood here in Berlin. However, a very close friend of mine, her son was walking home by himself from school and was followed by a car that as he ran, the car sped up, seemed to follow him oh. all the way home. I had another friend; she allowed her kids to go pick up sushi uh, at a restaurant nearby. They didn't have to cross the street; they just had to round the block, and they were confronted by someone with mental illness. Who uh, and these were young kids, you know, yeah. and, and they had wanted to have. The How old were they? Like um, six and four. And even in this neighborhood that I've felt very safe in for seven years, there are all kinds. There's all kind of life here. And our kids need to know especially how to deal with people with mm. mental illness, Yeah, um, which we're seeing more of ever since the pandemic on, on the street and how to to manage that situation by themselves, because that's going to be a constant going forward, I do believe.
1: I don't hear too many stories about things going wrong with kids being out, but one thing that recently happened that I was still just really surprised by, or I was at a a basketball area with um, Nat and Edgar, and there was this other third grade girl that was there with her mom. We had never seen them before. We didn't know them before this moment. We didn't even talk to them. They were just playing table tennis next to where we were playing basketball then the the mom came up to me and said are you guys going to be here for the next 15 minutes and i said well our goal is to leave like now but Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably we will be. And she said, I okay, then when you as soon as you leave, can you tell my daughter that it's time for her to go home? Um, It's totally not surprising in the context of that's what I see here. It's but in the context of would my mom have asked another mom on the playground to just send me home after 15 minutes, when I was eight years old in third grade? Absolutely not. That may also be because we had a swing set in the backyard because we lived in the suburbs. And I mean, that's sometimes also hard to pick apart. Like, like is this a city versus suburbs cultural difference or is this a U.S. versus Germany cultural difference? I don't know here. Stranger danger and to then just have some random mom in charge of sending the kid home that you don't even know. Like, I expected her to at least ask for my phone number, like something, you know? It's, it's one of those things that like I can feel my my like german integrated side and my us american socialized side like pulling at each other here cuz i'm like it's totally fine i'm like oh it's kind of weird yeah that seems so interesting i to 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 size up the
0: people around you and say yeah these are safe people yeah and decide yeah i'm i'm going to do that because yeah, I need to be somewhere and they seem safe. And that seems to me like an airport move. You know, you like... Watch want my to get, luggage. Watch my luggage while I go to the bathroom. But you're
1: not allowed to do that. They tell you ahead of time, do not let anyone else watch your luggage. I know,
0: I know. But still, we... But with human kids, nature, it's totally we,
1: fine. We seek convenience. <laughs> yeah.
0: that, that is so... Ind- I've never had someone do that. I've had definitely people... Say, hey, we're going to go to the bathroom. Can you watch my stroller for a minute? But never But like not
1: with a kid inside of it, right? <gasps> oh. Oh, actually.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, this is a very cool moment yeah. recently. I went to a party at my chiropractor's office. It was an art night. Ooh. Wine and art at the chiropractor's. Oh. So, I took my son because oh, okay. I wanted to go out and I went around. I left him sitting in a chair reading a book cuz he didn't really feel like mingling. <laughs> And I walked around and looked at the art that was on display, and then I came back to see him sitting there, and there was a woman talking to him. He was just nodding, and I went up and int- and she was pointing at the stroller next to her. So I went up and I introduced myself, and I said, "Hey, what's going on?"
1: And she Which said, is very American, by the way. That's a very U.S. American thing to do. Like Germans do not intervene when their kid is talking to other adults. Oh but really? Okay. Yeah. So I didn't.
0: Anyway, I introduced myself and I said, "Hey, what's going on?" She said, "Oh yeah, we were just going to ask your son to watch our baby." While we walked
1: around, (laughs) like I would not trust my son with a baby. Why are you?
0: I mean, the baby was sleeping, it was totally fine. He was just gonna sit there, but it's interesting to size up a situation and say, like, this is okay. And anyway, we we ended up becoming friends and we went out to see a play together. That's the end of
1: every story. And then we talked, and then we were friends. When was that? That
0: was like two months ago.
1: Ah, oh, okay, okay. Yeah.
0: She was delightful. They were, they were delightful. Um, but I don't think that's normally. Tr- I have those moments too, Lindsay,
1: for sure. Okay. <laughs> Oh, man. that reminds me of when I first moved here I didn't have kids at this point I walked past a cafe and there was a double stroller parked there I walked by and did a double take because I was like I think there are like babies in that stroller there are real live babies in that stroller just parked in front of this cafe like nobody is around you know people leash their dogs out in front of a place and they do that with their babies and strollers too and now I know that and because I was so shocked and making such a big deal about it the parents like were concerned and they came out of the cafe then to like look and see what was going on and then i also saw their facial reaction of like huh they're they're just sleeping like what
0: <laughs> right that is something i think that would completely never happen in the U.S. Yeah. and and if definitely witness that you know the baby's sleeping let's not disturb the baby let's go in and have our adult moment in the cafe we yeah. can see them at the window no big deal yeah and that's
1: true I mean they, that's how they had seen my reaction and the drama that I was causing <laughs> because they were they were looking through the window at what was going on with their baby there was a big window in the cafe it wasn't like they were com- completely alone there was just a window between them but still it felt like you have abandoned your babies outside
0: <laughs> it's it's <laughs> but shocking it's not. The first First yeah. time you the the, see the it, first time you see it, I think, is an American. Yeah.
1: For and sure. now it's just like, oh, yeah, babies parked outside there. <laughs> Not weird at all. All right, Michelle, I have prepared another German pop quiz for you. I am going to give you a list of German terms that that relate to the idea of leaving kids alone. And I want to know if you have heard them. Okay. All got right. it. The requirement to observe your child. Yeah. And the question is always who has the Aufsichtspflicht in this particular moment. Ah. And so when the kid as is at a sport, then the Aufsichtspflicht is with the person who's leading the group. And at school, it's with the teachers. When they're on the playground, if the parents aren't there, the parents are allowed to make the decision that the dangers are really minimal and that it's an okay thing for the kids to be there by themselves.
0: But in terms of kids being put in danger by strangers out in public, I have rarely heard anything like that happening. But I have heard some recent upticks of those instances. When that happens, the school will send out announcements say, this is what we've heard from the police. Please be sure to talk to your kids about safety. It's mm-hmm. not like accompany your kids to school. Just remind them of how to be safe when they are walking.
1: That's a really good point because the conversation is framed as here's the tools that you can give your kids to keep themselves safe and not here's how you need to be more protective of your kids. Absolutely. Yeah. What about the phrase trau dich? dich. That- or the question traust du dich? Oh, um, do you trust yourself? Do you have self-trust? When I googled it, the translation online is, I dare you, which is the stupidest translation because you hear parents and teachers saying often to kids, it's an encouraging thing to say to kids, do you trust yourself to do that or do you feel secure?
0: That's a great question.
1: That question I have
0: posed to my son. Yeah, in what and, words? And it's changed through the time. I say, do you feel comfortable? Uh-huh, okay. Do you feel comfortable doing this yeah. by yourself? When it comes to school stuff, he's definitely taken the reins and wanted more independence. Hmm. Um, but in terms of riding public transportation alone, not yet.
1: Another one, Schlüsselkind.
0: Oh, yeah. This is a key child. So I would imagine it's a kid who can go home and let themselves in their house with their own key.
1: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Or like we would say latchkey kid, but latchkey kid has such a negative connotation and Schlüsselkind does not.
0: I think it's almost a bragging right.
1: Yeah. Schlüsselkind, whereas latchkey kind is like, it has to do with neglect. Like when I hear latchkey latch kid, it's, it's about neglect. It's about kids who have too much to handle at such a young age, but Schlüsselkind is about maturity and about responsibility.
0: Absolutely. in my growing up latchkey kid definitely had a pejorative sense, like, oh, you can't go home when you want, you have to be in the school for longer, and, you know, some for some reason your parents can't take care of you, like, yeah, exactly. mine can, because yeah. I can go home when I want. The next
1: one, schlechtes Gewissen. A bad feeling? a bad conscience, like you're guilty about something.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: And this one, I thought about this one in terms of le- letting kids do things by themselves early because, I don't know, like to me, like guilt, it's actually, it's part of every decision in parenting. <laughs> but here too, like, do you have that too? Like a feeling of guilt when you decide
0: to... The playgrounds that I've let my son go to by himself. We're like right across a fence that I could see through. I okay. have no problem with that. And actually, I would like to encourage his independence. Yeah. And I, I don't have a bad conscience about that. I have more a bad conscience of, oh, how much screen time am I letting him have? Am I filling his time with enough things? We're, you know, a, a single family unit. So sometimes I wonder... Oh, are we we doing enough activities so he feels like part of the community? It's it's mm. more that's my Schleswigin than like should do I feel bad about giving him independence. No, I want him to take more independence.
1: All right, and that was the end of our German pop quiz <laughs> for this time. I was just thinking though, we went in a different direction when we were talking about like what Germans say about when to leave your kids alone versus versus the US and like around what age. One of the things that I saw from the website in English was kids at the age of 16 and 17 can start to stay home alone for one to two nights. That's also very, an interesting cultural idea that we haven't really thought about like the, the transition period. Like I feel like Germany is much more looking at at the whole childhood is a transitional period to adulthood, and how can we incrementally get the kids ready to be adults? Whereas the U.S. is more about, like, how can we protect these people while we have responsibility over them?
0: If you if I compare my growing up in the U.S. to here, there was a lot more danger handed to teenagers when they're 16, because they can have a car. And when you give a teenager a car. And
1: this is good. This is good, because this goes into the question of why are we like this, Michelle? Why are we like this?
0: When you give a teenager a car, this is, I don't know, a ton of steel that can crush them in seconds or that can crush somebody else in seconds. But you need it to get around. When you're talking about a kid in a big city, they can really go anywhere, starting when they're six years old. There's a way to get from A to B, where you're not worrying they're going to crash into somebody and or drive under the influence um, when they start getting interested in alcohol or or something like that. Um, so that kind of is taken out of the equation. It's more like, how can you be responsible and how can you strategize to be safe? And part of the big equation of like, are you going to get in the wrong car? Are you going to be texting while you're driving? Is uh, you, Your friend's going to be drinking and you get in the car by mistake? I mean, and there's real consequences. It's like life and death, but also jail time and, and things if you're irresponsible. So I can understand why parents, it's it's so like we have to be so monitoring and, and drive them everywhere and be really careful about where they're going because there's not easy ways to get around and experience that life around the city, maybe just a small radius at first, but then as you're getting older, expanding out and and, and knowing how to get from A to B, but it's, it's not like such a huge responsibility that you're handing them like when you
1: hand them car keys. Every life stage, I remember feeling like so mature. Finally, I reached this age and now I'm mature. And looking back at every point, it's no, you really. Yeah. There's no point where you were, but it's. But every point you do need to get more responsibility for yourself, and I think that's what's coupled with this feeling of now I'm an adult,
0: and and you have to function in an adult an adult world here. It's that's not true, like yeah. you get on a school bus; it's going to take you somewhere. You have to enter into an adult world yeah. to be on public transportation, where you're surrounded by adults and have kind of an adult expectation of your behavior and interact with some of the dangers even adults do when I talk about mental illness.
1: Or let's say like untreated mental illness or or people who are not capable of getting the help they need for their mental illness. I mean, that's it's a systematic problem. It's really not the people, it's the system.
0: Absolutely, that's what I want to say. When, when you're in a subway car and someone's yelling at you and you can't understand what they're saying or they're saying mean things, like, how do you deal with that as an adult? How mm. do you deal with that as a kid? Cause you are going to probably. You're confronted with
1: it. Confront yeah. With that. Yeah. Much, so, much sooner.
0: That's something that I try and talk to my son about a lot is, okay, like this person, we don't know what's going on in their mind. They, they might have an illness in their brain right now. So let's not judge them, but. We don't have the skill sets to help them at this moment. So let's give them distance. So something that my son and I definitely were confronted with was there was a homeless man who had a mental illness who lived on a bench right outside our building that was connected to a park.
1: I know who you're talking about. Yeah.
0: Steve. And he was British. He was pretty much harmless. The only thing that was slightly threatening is every once in a while, he would start screaming at the top of his lungs like, I'm a hell's
1: angel, FBI, CIA, I'm a hell's angel. But I think he was also, he also often shouted really sexist and abusive things at passersby. And I think that was often very overlooked by the community because he w- he was somehow strangely embraced by the community.
0: He was. He was kind of a neighborhood fixture and you know, yeah. people would bring him food. He kind of sat up there yeah. on the bench. I had to walk by him every day as I went to work. And I, I just felt like there's like a Greek chorus commenting on my life. And I didn't really care until one day another a, a drinking buddy was near him and they threw a, a glass bottle at me. And then I was done. Yeah. It's just like, okay, I'm not even gonna look up and give the time of day. As a woman, I felt particularly threatened. Yeah. And I think the best way to lock down and end that kind of interaction is just not to engage. Definitely. And so with my son, I said, let's keep our distance from Steve. He has, I said a mental illness, but you're right, an untreated mental illness. I should have said that. But it's best just to give him space. We we don't want to judge him. We don't want to yell mean things back at him.
1: That some people were yelling but oh, mean things back at him. One time I
0: had a friend over for dinner on my patio. Yeah. And we were trying to have dinner. And Steve ended up with, in a screaming match with like a 12-year-old kid. Wow. Like, and this kid was just yelling
1: invectives at him. Just horrible stuff. And can I just quickly say something? This is where I'm really critical of valuing independence and self-sufficiency above everything. I really think that social skills miss out because we're so focused on saying, let them handle it themselves, let them figure out the situation on their own, that we miss the opportunity to give them the tools that they need to figure that out. And I, the tools of de-escalation of negotiation, of avoidance. Just, you know, things that, that don't come naturally to children. The thing that I see over and over and over again, what comes naturally is letting this aggression and anger boil over and getting into conflict. You know, like you just described there with this 12-year-old shouting at, at an untreated, mentally ill person living on the streets. Really a
0: bummer that yeah. there wasn't an adult who said, hey, let's end this. And a couple times during the night, people threw buckets of paint over his head and so one one day yeah. I woke up he was covered in white paint probably uh, six months later covered in fluorescent pink paint ultimately, they appointed a guardian to him and he was taken to a hospital. He was gone for a while and then they couldn't keep him in there forever. So he just moved back. And then uh, the guy across the street who owned the abanada shop built him a hut.
1: Oh, I didn't know any of this. Wow. Yes. I knew that he was gone for a while. I saw that he came back. I saw that he had a hut. I Wow. Okay. Yeah.
0: And then what ended up happening is he died in the hut. My son's dad had a different perspective on Steve and he would encourage my son to like approach him and give him food under his Supervision. I just felt, as a woman, I just didn't want to engage because I didn't necessarily feel safe. When we have kids involved, my line is, "Hey, let's give distance. That's the best thing that we can do to help the situation."
1: Okay, so let's go back a little to the question of why are we like this and look into <laughs> our childhoods. Maybe we'll have some some answers there. Do you remember feeling? Scared or overwhelmed ever when you were left alone? Like, what was it like for you to have to take responsibility for yourself?
0: So my mother often worked overnights, and my dad left to work really early in the morning. So when I was little, I was often in charge of my little sister getting up for school and getting her ready. Uh, at um, what age? Nine to ten years old. Okay. And it was more traumatic for her because I had to do her hair, and she oh. hated it. And I would like pull her hair and do it wrong.
1: And it was. But a lot what was the feeling for you? Were you feeling like, oh, this is my doll, or what? Was it like, oh, this is uh, too much work?
0: I felt like I knew the right way and she just needed to sit still. Oh. And it would it would finally look good because I had taken hair braiding class, so I knew what I was doing. <laughs> okay. But the most traumatic experience with that uh, was that my parents would often go out to, say, a study group on Sunday nights with their friends. I remember one night we were sitting downstairs in our family room and I felt like somebody was looking through the window at us. And okay. there were curtains there, but there I think there was a little gap and I just remember feeling uncomfortable it was also because we were watching ALF which was an outlawed show in my house it's about this like isn't that that little alien guy a- alien yeah he, he was like a, a but it's not supposed alien. to be
1: scary right no but okay. it was like my. but mom I can relate that to that oh but but you still were afraid of it right I wasn't afraid of it oh but you were but I, just afraid that felt, somebody would see you I felt guilty uh, having
0: watched the show you had
1: I, a schlechtes gewissen I did <laughs>
0: because I knew my parents didn't like it, but it was like naughty. Uh, But then I really thought someone was looking in the window. So I took my little sister and I went into the hallway upstairs and I just held her and I said, let's just stay up here. But the next day, the police came over to our house and knocked on the door and they said the house next door was robbed last night oh. and we tracked footprints in the snow up to your back window and did oh, you notice anything
1: Oh, creepy so and did you say oh yeah there are lots of reasons why kids then don't tell the truth to authority figures but you were like yes i saw yes i was not watching elf and i
0: think my parents felt bad and my dad had our house like locked down like fort knox wow after that eventually found out it was teenagers in the neighborhood uh-huh. So it okay. wasn't like a big it bad like boogeyman. Yeah. But that definitely was scary. I don't really have... That fear here in Berlin that someone's going to break in, it's not so common that you're going to have I think it's easier
1: because you never feel home alone. Like, I noticed that when I moved here that because it's not single residence houses, you're living in apartments here, that it does change the way that I feel when I'm alone.
0: Well, what about growing up? Were there any moments when you felt unsafe?
1: I felt unsafe my entire childhood. I was, like, terrified of everything. Like, I always speculate this is how Nat feels too right now, but who knows? I'm probably, I could just be pretty Rejecting. But I had this this huge clash inside of me between I I wanted freedom and autonomy so badly, but I was terrified of everything. And it just made me really angry.
0: I had a lot of practice of being home alone. Like my parents from the time my brother was 12 or 13, put him in charge of the rest of the kids. So four uh, kids okay. at home. We had So you also had
1: of- more of a transition. Like I was the oldest of two. I think that's also interesting to come back to this point of, of looking for the transitions that we can stretch out in our children's lives. Like really always looking at the end goals of where do we want them and building in the steps to get them there. Because I think that's what you have than with staying home alone slowly
0: over time over and time I think that's a great point what I some conversations I have with Barrow now are okay. How are we going to get to where we're going today? Can you navigate us? I definitely do that in the airport. When we fly places, I say, okay, we're, we're through security. Now tell us where to go. Oh, yeah. Read the ticket. But it's it's a little more complicated in Berlin. So you've got trams, you've got underground, yeah. you've got above ground buses. But I think this is the time to say, yeah. okay, let's plug this into Google Maps. Now it's your turn.
1: Yeah, get us Choose there. The way.
0: Yeah. It's, it's not like you take a wrong turn and we'll never see you again.
1: It is a safe place to get lost in.
0: And eventually there's a, a ring train around here. If you get in that ring, you're going to go Yeah, you're going
1: to go in circles <laughs> <laughs> until you recognize something.
0: It's important to give them tools to say, and or when should I go find an adult or when should I move away from something? Yeah.
1: I think these are good
0: conversations to have. You know, recently, as I said, we had some alerts at our school that there were strange people following kids and mm. I pulled Bear aside and I said, okay, well, what are you gonna do and he said well first I'm gonna like kick him in the nuts yeah that's
1: always (laughs) the exactly
0: and, and I said, okay, uh, let's no. take a step back. No. I said, first, just you separate yourself. First, yeah. if you feel you like... You get away.
1: Right.
0: First, if you feel like someone is following you, then you, if you're closer to school, you go back to school. You if don't
1: run at them. Right. You are not going to cause them the damage you right. think you are.
0: You make a lot of noise. Yeah. You scream and yell. So other people around see what's happening. Okay, let's, let's focus on first distance and noise.
1: I wanted to also ask you the other side of being... Like, you you talked about how you were scared being at home. Do you remember times where you had the feeling, I can do this alone, but your parents were holding back on letting you? Like, in the time before you were nine, since that's our.
0: No, really. I was really independent. I always had kind of a thing I wanted, and my parents really let me go.
1: That does sound like a third kid kind of situation because I was the first kid. I was not allowed to do anything. Anything. And it was, I, I was constantly having this frustration. But like I said, it was, it was this frustration that was also tied in with, okay, but I am scared of this too, like wanting freedom, but also feeling afraid. And I'm sure the, the fears did come from, from my parents because, because they were, it always took them way longer for me to be able to do something than I felt ready.
0: I was I was a pretty good kid. I didn't do anything. I know that's why
1: it surprises me cuz I never snuck out. I never told my parents that I was somewhere else than where I was, and they constantly had these suspicions that I was in a gang, that I was doing drugs. Like it was so weird. Wow. And they I was constantly being confronted with you have a hole in your socks and that's a gang symbol or something. <laughs> that's what i grew up with. <laughs> I think they watched a lot of Dateline.
0: Uh, I think on, they read a lot TV. of these like
1: weird magazines.
0: There are a lot of scaremongering headlines for yeah. american parents uh, in the 80s and 90s for sure.
1: And i think that also influences the culture here. You don't have that scaremongering and it's so nice. It's so nice to not have that.
0: So if we generalize about our specific I think it is that yes, there is a sense it's a freedom here to be able to judge when you will decide to leave your kid alone or to walk home alone or be in a playground alone. And there is a community support for that in the sense of you have the freedom for it. But you live in a big city. You have to prepare your kids to be in an adult world.
1: I think that's a good point to end on, too. Okay. Okay. I'll be listening.